Chris Ryle Wright in Tight Shorts, the greatest stories never written. Hello, this is Chris. Welcome along to Fright Shorts. Our SPAC. Our SPAC. Our SPAC. Our spooktacular edition of Tight Shorts. Today's episode is sponsored by Cockblock, traditional Afro-Norwegian cuisine. Now gather your loved ones in close as we listen to the tale of Ghost Goat. Dyke Wallow was tired. He couldn't remember the last time he'd had a good night's sleep. He was exhausted. He spent his days wandering around in a zombie-like stance, his eyes heavy, his breath low and short. He was sleepy. In fact, that's what the children at school used to call him, Sleepy Dyke Wallow. He was always half asleep at his desk in the mornings, and by late afternoon, teachers would have to shake him awake. There was much gossiped speculation as to the cause of this. Some teachers showed genuine concern, had he been taken care of properly. Was all well in his home life, or was he just a boring child with nothing to offer? The truth was rather more simple. Dyke used to stay up at night, unbeknownst to his parents, and creep to the landing where he would sit at the top of the stairs and peek through the banisters as his parents watched old horror movies. His favourites were Frankenstein, Dracula, The Mummy, The Wolfman, and any number of the classic horror films that we all pretend that we watched when we were younger. They inspired a daring sense of the macabre in the young, impressionable boy, and it was a passion that he took into adulthood. At first he collected posters, and then some toys, and as he earned money and became more independent, he splashed out on memorabilia, old props and costumes used in the movies themselves. Dyke met and fell in love with his future wife while running a market stall dedicated to Halloween costumes and fancy dress. He would do it once a year, as a means to pass on his collections and also profit from them. As someone passionate about the genre, he felt it was important to pass it forward and claw back some of the massive losses he'd made as a naive young collector. In time, Dyke and his new wife opened up a dedicated Halloween shop. They concluded that the best way to make money would be to be open all year round. If the Christmas shops could do it, and if the pound stores could survive, then they could too. At first, Dyke was delighted to be a father, though the news was a surprise. They hadn't planned on it, but the emotional toil and financial strain had taken a toll. He rarely had time to sit down and enjoy one of his favourite old horror movies. How he missed it. These days, the only thing that kept Dyke wallow up at night were the cries of his newborn daughter. The Halloween store attracted an eclectic bunch of customers. Some were regulars, like the woman who came there to buy her wigs 
simply because she said she preferred them. You can't get this shade in green anywhere else, darling, she would say. And then there were the men who came in on their own, hunched over, secretive, and they'd pick out the cat suits and naughty nurse outfits. Dyke didn't say anything. They were, after all, his customers, and he savoured every one. The strangest of his customers was probably Petula. It was written and spelt as Petula, but she insisted it was pronounced Petula, and she claimed to be a witch, threatening to put a curse on him if he ever put his prices up. Dyke would always laugh it off, but he wasn't ever sure if she was serious or not. Did she really believe that she was a witch? Did he? He always made certain never to overcharge her, just in case. The only customers that ever bothered Dyke were the shoplifters, the chancers, the thieves. And though it was always to be the biggest night, the focus of the year, Halloween night was the worst night for shoplifting. That was the night he would sell the most and lose the most. Well, this year, with a new child and desperately in need of money, he came up with a plan. A plan that would require help from an unexpected source. He found her at her favourite haunt, the bowling alley. He walked up to her. Petula. Quiet, she said, looking around anxiously and laying a bony finger over his lip. She gestured to the name badge on her lapel. It's Petula here. She took her finger off his lip. What do you want? Dyke looked her straight in the eye. What do you know about curses? Tight shorts. Bright shorts. Dyke stood in the storeroom and watched as Petula chanted incantations and doused the stock with a homemade potion. One part frog's legs, two parts spittle, some vegan mayonnaise offset with a chicken head, and a corner torn from the liner notes of James Taylor's Fire and Rain. When she was done, Petula approached Dyke and handed him a small sack of seeds. What are these for? he asked. And she explained. For every customer who purchases something from your store, gently rub a pumpkin seed into the garment. This will lift the curse. Well, what is the curse exactly? asked Dyke. Any thief who steals from your store will be damned to eternal waking sleep, doomed to walk the earth for the rest of their days as zombies, never tasting candy, never feeling pleasure, never finding rest. For them, Halloween shall be but just another night in the perpetual purgatory in which they shall forever exist. And you won't come short when you do your stock take. <laughs> and with that, Dyke called Petula an Uber and waved her off. When the big night came, there were queues out of the door. The store was never so busy that on Halloween night, and he did big business, never forgetting to gently rub every purchase from every smiling customer with a handful of the pumpkin seeds. When he cashed up at the end of the night, the takings were good, but as predicted, the losses were many. There had been a number of thefts. It was a shame, but he took comfort 
in knowing that Petula's curse would see to it these ragtags and ne'er-do-wells would not be back again next year. With a smile on his face, Dyke locked up shop for the evening and headed home. He had plans for a romantic night in with his wife, just them, a bottle of wine and cannibal holocaust. But he felt tired, exhausted in fact. He looked forward to hopefully getting a good night's sleep and felt certain his wife would understand. However, walking back through the streets, he found himself surrounded by odd young people walking aimlessly in any direction, their eyes dark, baggy, bloodshot. They looked lost, dispirited, disconnected from the world around them. He began to notice. They were dressed in items, costumes from his shop. These must be the thieves. These must be the children. And they were just that. And as he looked into their lost faces, he felt a pang of guilt. Have I robbed these young people of their lives? It's not so long ago I too was young and in love with horror. And I couldn't always afford what I wanted. Did I steal? No. But I did fool an auction house into thinking some conkers were Lon Chaney's testicles. He reached for the pouch of pumpkin seeds and ran over to each child in turn, rubbing the seeds furiously against their garments. It wasn't long before parents rushed from their doors, shooing him away. He ran into the night. When Dyke returned home, all the lights were off. This was very unusual. He looked up the stairs. His wife crept onto the landing. She whispered, She's fast asleep. Dyke couldn't believe it. Their daughter was never fast asleep. If someone was awake in the house, she was awake too. He poked his head into her nursery and peered down into her crib. In the dark, he could make out the shape of his sleeping daughter. She looked peaceful, serene, but there was something in her mouth. What's that? he said, pointing it out to his wife. Oh, it's just a pacifier. It's one of those novelty ones, like a pumpkin or a toffee apple. I took it from the storeroom. I hope you don't mind. Dyke's heart stopped. He flung on the main light. What are you doing? said his wife. And they both saw before them their little baby daughter, her eyes wide, bloodshot veins poking from her forehead and cheeks, but she was not asleep. She was a zombie. Dyke rummaged in his pocket and pulled out the sack of seeds, but it was empty. He had used them all on the children in the streets. He clutched his sides and backed out of the room. The sound of children aimlessly wandering travelled up the staircase as he slumped against the landing. What's wrong with her? What's going on? cried his wife, following closely behind. But Dyke couldn't hear her, her voice fading off into insignificance, joining the chant of lost children in the streets, voices merging and vanishing as one, as Dyke's head rolled forward, and he fell into a deep, deep sleep. <laughs> Next time on Tight Shorts. Shorts. 
The reindeer in Spain deer stays mainly on the plain deer. You have been listening to Chris Ryle Wright in Tight Shorts. Fright Shorts. Follow, share, and subscribe for more. Music by Rob Joy with the voice of Jodie Elms.